Hey mamas, this is Playfully Faithful Parenting, and I'm your host, Joy Wenling. I'm a seminary grad and children's and family minister turned stay-at-home mom to my five girls. Spiritual parenting is my calling, and it's my passion to help other mamas disciple their kids using the power of play and their own authentic daily walk with Christ. If you're a mama who wants to introduce your kids to Jesus and watch as the Holy Spirit transforms their lives, this is the place for you. I'm so glad you're here. So let's dive in and see how we can partner with God today. Hey, welcome to Playfully Faithful Parenting. I'm Joy, and I'm so excited to bring you part one of a two-part episode um, with the author, Catherine Parks. Catherine Parks is the author of several books, including two middle grade biography collections, Strong and Empowered. She also serves as an acquisitions editor from Moody Publishers. Catherine and her husband, Eric, live in the Nashville, Tennessee area with their children, Sophie and Micah. In her free time, she loves hiking, playing volleyball, and serving on her church's worship team. This was a wonderful episode, and it was so good um, that we talked for a while, and so I cut it up into two shorter episodes, and today we're going to talk a little bit about children's capability to study the Bible pre-teens. I don't talk a ton about pre-teens, but we're talking about that today. I'm really excited to offer that to you. And some about the Holy Spirit and talking to our kids about the Holy Spirit and how do we um, teach them about something that is hard for us to fully wrap our mind around ourselves. So that is what we're talking about today with Catherine. And then next week, we will actually later this week, um, I'm going to throw it in um on Thursday. So it's going to be a bonus episode this week will be part two. And we're going to talk about identity in kids and building kids identity. And it is so, so good and so important for us to think about that and consider that um, how many of us and our friends struggle because of identity um, issues, right? Um, and so we're going to talk about that really important piece on part two of this interview. So check that out. Um, so without further ado, here is my conversation with Catherine Parks. Catherine, welcome to Playfully Faithful Parenting. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's so fun. Yes, I loved reading your book and I'm excited to share it with my oldest. But before we dive into that, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, you know, you've hit the main points, but I think uh, one of the things that I am currently doing is figuring out how to be a mom to teenagers and um, be involved in their world and also watch them kind of needing their independence. And so it's funny because it's a, it's a different stage of life than what I was in when I wrote this Bible study. Um, 
but the fundamental truths are still the same, right? That we just have to be completely dependent on the Lord every step of the way. And uh, he, he guides those who are with young. Um, and so I'm very thankful for that and thankful for resources like yours to help moms along the way. Oh, thank you. So let's dig into your Bible study that you wrote called What to Wear, a kid's Bible study on looking like Jesus. And it's based on Colossians 3 verses 1 through 14. So, I mean, I've got so many great things to say about it, but first I want to know, why did you write a Bible study and particularly for these eight to 12 year olds? Well, um, you know, at the time I didn't intend to write a Bible study. My kids and I were home, uh, like everybody else during the early days of, um, the COVID pandemic. And, we were doing a lot of things with our extra time, um, like binging a whole series of, you know, family matters or <laughs> full house. And um, we did a lot of puzzles and a lot of hiking. And but I realized, you know, we've got some extra time and I want to redeem that time. And so I had studied the book of Colossians with a group of women and just really love it. And so I sat down with my kids one day and said, hey, let's just look at, you know, this passage in Colossians 3. And we started drawing some pictures and and we kind of made it a regular thing for a while where we would just get together for maybe 15 minutes in the morning and go through this passage of, you know, what we're called to put off and what we're called to put on and looking at the life of Jesus. And um, then what happened is I realized, you know, I had to do this because there's just not a lot out there for this age group. And I'm sure you've experienced this. So many moms have, there are so many good resources for those younger elementary ages. And then you hit the age where your kid's a little more independent and they're an independent reader. And there's just kind of this drop off in resources. And I think a lot of, um, writers and publishers are trying to do more in that space, partly because our kids are getting older and we're realizing that, you know, there needs to be something for that age. Um, but because of that and, you know, the invitation from a friend, I decided to to go ahead and write this up and make it available to others. And I'm really thankful for Moody publishing it and um, the opportunity to get it out there. Yes. So I just last week, um, chaperoned my oldest who is in fifth grade. So she goes to an intermediate school. So it's fifth and sixth grade and they had a Halloween social. So it's not a dance, it's uh. a social. And there's like karaoke in one room, arts and crafts in one room, cookies and pizza and all these different activities that they can go around doing, but it's not a dark room with a DJ. Yeah, that's fine. And and so as I was spending time with this age group, I just was, and preparing for today, I was reflecting on how well I think you really um, nailed it for this age group, because there is that desire to be independent and kind of grown up, but at the same time, they're still kids and they still need playfulness and mm. fun to help them engage. And I think one of the things that I loved the most about your Bible study was the way that you were able to show a belief in you, like from you, a deep capability in children. Like mm. the way you wrote it showed you 
that you have this belief that they are capable of a, a deep understanding in their own age appropriate way, but they're capable of a relationship with God and studying the Bible in an authentic way, but it was still fun and playful. Mm. So how, uh, any, any thoughts on that? Any, was that Uh, intentional? Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's really encouraging. And, um, it is intimidating to write for this age group because you don't want to be talking down to them because kids have such a radar for that. And, um, and that doesn't serve them well, but you also don't want to make it so over their heads that they get discouraged. And really it, the benefit of having the test audience in my home as I was writing it. And um, particularly my son, he's 13 now, but at the time, you know, he, it, I didn't want it to feel like work to him. I really wanted this to be something that he would enjoy. And I think a lot of us, as we get older, like getting out the commentaries and cross-referencing, like that is so fun, but that is not fun for a nine-year-old boy, right? Um, or at least not my nine-year-old boy at the time. And so I realized a lot of writing, he's just going to check out if there's a lot of um, yeah, having to find things and it, it just was too much. And so really with him, this is something I tell parents who have kids who are maybe even this is overwhelming to them. I say, just use it conversationally. They don't have to write the answers if they don't want to, if that feels like homework to them and they don't want more homework. Um, But whatever engages your child's mind and heart. And so for me, that was, you know, let's invite them into a world of um, imagination. And I remember having a devotional book when I was probably seven or eight. And it was like each day there was this scenario, right, um, of a child facing some circumstance or problem. And then there was like a Bible verse and maybe a paragraph about it. And I remember distinctly sitting in my bedroom and just reading the scenarios. Like I didn't read the scripture, I didn't, but I just like that world of story is so inviting. And so that was one of the motivations behind even just including these little stories was so that kids could see themselves and see a problem and then learn how to kind of solve that problem through Jesus or to have his eyes on that problem. Um, So anyways, that's some of what, you know, trying to mix it up, having pictures and things like that, um, where it felt like it was serving a purpose. Uh, Another thing that some kids love is like word searches and puzzles and things like that. My son didn't, so I just didn't include that. (laughs) So, you know, part of it is it may not serve everybody, but it was something that um, I felt like would really serve my kids at the time. And so hopefully it does serve others as well. I think um, a couple of things that you said that stood out to me, one, you said making it not work. And that is my goal. I've had, um, I had a mom recently who was new to the faith say, I've talked to all these other Christians who grew up Christian and as kids, they all felt like learning about God was a chore. And Mm. I don't want that for my kids. How do I do that? Mm. And so that has been kind of my goal with this podcast is to help moms make it not a chore for their kids. So I love that you recognize that even with a Bible study where study is kind of 
a work word for kids um, and that you invited parents to just make it conversational and to use it and not write it down if that's not what's good for their kids. I know my daughter who's 10, she would love to do all the, you know, writing and and that kind of thing, but girls and boys are different. And so the freedom that you give parents to use this, how is best for the, for their kids, I think is really wonderful. Good. Yeah. I hope that's helpful. Yes. So you said that this came from lockdown and I also love, you said redeeming the time. I think that's, um, a really beautiful thing that we can invite our kids into. And so you picked Colossians because that was something you had studied with, with other women. Was there something about it that had stood out to you in your previous study? Um, yeah, you know, I think one of the concepts that comes from Colossians 3, uh, is this idea of finding our identity in Christ. And I remember studying it with some friends and, and this one girl said, um, you know, there's, there's a verse that talks about, um, our life is hidden with Christ and her translation said real life is hidden with Christ. And just that concept, I think, especially during COVID when we had no control over anything and um, there was a lot of just sadness and fear and frustration and all sorts of emotions wrapped up in that. And this idea of finding our identity not in our circumstances and not in our struggles and not in our possessions, um, but really what does it look like to be in Christ and how does that identity filter into the way that we live we actually live like someone whose identity is in Christ and so I think those were some of the things that were sort of percolating in my mind um and then I'm sure just the Holy Spirit leading me to the passage and um one of the things that I really did not want to do is go through and learn about these things and it feel like a weight that I was adding to my children um like if you're in Christ, then you have to all of these things in a way that was going to, to make them doubt whether they were in Christ because they weren't doing those things. And so that's why it was really important to me to look at Jesus as not only the example of like compassion and kindness and love, but also as fulfilling those things so that even when we fail, that the father sees us and our identity in him. And so we want to live those things out of love for Christ, but we're not doing it to earn his love. And, you know, I hope that comes through in the study and I hope it's a conversation that parents can have with their kids too, because the last thing I think we want to do is say, well, you just, you need to work harder and be more like Jesus. <laughs> um, because, you know, one of one of the hardest things was to write about the Holy Spirit in this study and to kind of communicate way again that was age accessible. But it's so like that's such a fundamental component to this that we can't walk these things out without the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yes, I I did um I was actually gonna talk about that the way you um shared about the Holy Spirit. It can be so intimidating for parents to like parents often I think feel like they don't really fully understand 
you know, the Trinity and especially the Holy Spirit. So how do we teach our kids about that? And so I loved you had a little sidebar in there um, just to help equip parents with that. So, um, yeah, I think that's important to help give parents those tools, um, especially about, you know, about the Holy Spirit can be so challenging. Yeah. I mean, we can't wrap our minds around it. You're right. (laughs) So it's hard to communicate something, uh, like that, but I, I think my understanding of the Holy Spirit was sort of revolutionized in studying the book of John. And when Jesus is praying this high priestly prayer for his followers the night before his death, and he he's saying, it's good that I am going away because then the helper is going to come. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, what he's saying is that the Holy Spirit is going to be even more beneficial or more helpful to us than having Jesus um, because the Holy Spirit resides in each believer and can be with each believer. And I just remember that kind of blowing my mind because to me, it was always like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, and there's like the Holy Spirit <laughs> over there. And we're not really going to talk about that. And that's probably telling of my also like denominational tradition, but, uh, but hearing Jesus say that, I'm like, man, we really need to be talking about this, even with our kids, so that they get excited about having the Spirit's power at work in their lives. Absolutely. Yes. Well, mamas, that's it for today. Thanks for joining me on Playfully Faithful Parenting. I'd love to keep the conversation going over on the socials. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you felt encouraged or equipped by today's show, do me a favor and leave a review. I can't wait to hear your story. Till next week, keep playing and pointing those littles to Christ.